Everyone agreed it was a perfect day for flying. The sun was bright and warm, but did not yet beat down with the oppressive heat that would come later in the summer. There was just enough of a breeze to keep the day from becoming still and hot, barely moving the wind sock above the lazy sort of lolling flap. The slight wind carried away the smell of oil and fuel that of necessity pervaded the airfield, and left behind only the promise of a fine adventure. Mechanics in crisp white overalls buzzed about the gleaming form of the aircraft like industrious worker bees. The day carried just exactly the note of expectation that such an event ought to. Within the passenger lounge, those about to take to the air could do little but stare out the great picture window in impatient delight at the fine-looking craft. Truly it was a sight to see, with its mighty engines ready to propel them to great heights and silver skin glowing with reflected sunlight, almost obscuring the bold letters along her side that read, Bennett Aviation. The great hangar just beyond the airship bore a matching standard, as did the lounge in which the passengers waited, but the signs hardly seemed necessary. Everyone in Toronto knew that it was Marcus Bennett who had built this airfield just north of the city, casting his bread upon the water in the belief that the future of air travel was as bright as this fine summer day. Just five years ago, men had smiled indulgently when Bennett had said that one day travel by air would eclipse the passenger railways. Certainly that time had not yet come, as even this mighty ship could only carry twenty travelers. But the same men who had once patronized him now wondered if perhaps he had not been correct, and silently wished they had invested in the future as Marcus Bennett had. He had invested all he could, money left from his family fortune, profits from his numerous patents, and sunk it all into this venture. Bennett himself was far from ready to crow, as his fledgling airline was not yet a profitable enterprise, but a glorious day like this was enough to make any man dizzy with hope. And yet on this particular day Marcus Bennett seemed unusually grim. He put on a good show as he walked about the passenger lounge, receiving handshakes and congratulations from his wealthy patrons. As the child of a privileged family, Bennett had known many of these people his entire life. After all, only those with a great deal of money to spend could afford this sort of voyage, and for them, getting to New York in a fraction of the time of a normal trip was well worth the price. Every flight he greeted was like old home week for Marcus Bennett, and it was a role he normally seemed to relish. Today, however, he seemed preoccupied. He left the lounge and made for the office where his chief mechanic was due to meet him prior to boarding. As he closed the door, the gay atmosphere of the departure lounge was replaced with a seriousness that matched Bennett's own. A half-dozen employees watched Bennett quietly as he lit a cigarette and stared impatiently at the clock. Six minutes later, the outer door opened and a big man walked in, cleaning his hands on a cloth as he did so. The airline magnet crushed his cigarette out as the man took off his cap and approached. "'She checks out right enough, Mr. Bennett,' the mechanic said seriously. Bennett frowned. This report was rather more casual than he had hoped. "'You're quite certain, Zachary,' he said sternly. "'There are unusual circumstances, to say the least.' If Zachary took offense at the question, he tried not to show it. "'We've checked this bird from nose to tail, Mr. Bennett, and then checked it again. We've run every inspection in the book and a few more besides. This machine is as sound as they come.' Bennett nodded and licked his lower lip nervously. "'I am sorry,' he said. "'Of course I trust your work and that of your men completely, but we have never received a threat like this before.' Bennett lowered his voice slightly, but his message was no less intense. "'If we are to go ahead, I must be certain that our passengers are to be safe.' Zachary shook his head. 
This threat, Mr. Bennett, he began, what did it say exactly? Bennett cast an involuntary glance around the room, then reached into the pocket of his linen jacket and produced a sheet of yellow paper folded over twice. Zachary opened the sheet and read the short, typewritten message within. The New York special must not take to the air. If you defy the viper, disaster will follow, just as it has struck Page, Wells, and Church. This is your only warning. The mechanic folded the paper and handed it back to his employer. What does he mean by Page, Wells, and Church, he asked. Bennett looked exasperated, but answered. There are a number of business concerns in the city that have suffered a series of accidents in recent days. This viper seems to claim that they were not accidents at all, but that he himself may have been their cause.